0: Ian went He went to the Edinburgh gig on the latest tour and also the Birmingham one. And, af- and after the Birmingham tour, he sent me a video he had made. I lost my dad back at the end of March. He mm. had a particularly nasty form of bowel cancer. And Ian sent me this video and said, I thought he might appreciate this. And it was the final encore, the acoustic version, just Bruce on his own, singing I'll See You In My Dreams. Sure. And I, I was touched that Ian thought of me and I wanted to share in his interest. So I watched it right away. And then I dried my tears. Yeah. And listened to it again and again dried my tears. I was just completely blown away. So that was the start of it, really. But so that was really only a few months ago. But for about a week after that, I was just listening to him constantly on the point of obsession
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of Set Lusting Bruce, your podcast all about Bruce Springsteen, his music, and mostly his fans. I am your host, Jesse Jackson. We have another timey-wimey episode where it's my morning, my guest afternoon. Good morning, Claire, or should I say good afternoon?
0: <laughs> good morning, Jesse. Good afternoon here, here.
1: <laughs> Yeah. Whichever is appropriate. <laughs> yeah. Tell us a little about yourself. <laughs>
0: I'm Claire Sanderson, um, forty-one years old. I come from Cornwall originally, um, which is right down in the southwest of Great Britain. Um, but I now live in Cardiff in Wales, um, about five minutes away from the Torchwood headquarters in Cardiff Bay.
1: <laughs> so now I would I could take this whole podcast about torchwood and dr who but i'm not i'm gonna (laughs) resist the urgent that is one of my other podcasts i do uh, next stop everywhere where my buddy charles and i talk classic who when the system when they're not giving new episodes and then discussing the new episodes when it's out and uh, as we discussed today we got a new trailer yesterday about the 60th anniversary so i'm excited
0: yeah it's gonna be good (laughs)
1: Yeah, and and I'm waiting for you to go. Yeah, I'm not a Doctor Who fan, Jesse.
0: I I am, but I do struggle to understand it sometimes. The timey wimey stuff gets a little bit complicated for my brain, but I do enjoy it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and I also know that Chris Chibnall with Jodie, they tried for a lot of different things, and some of it worked, some of them didn't. I I absolutely adored Jodie as the Doctor, but I sometimes think they, sometimes Doctor Who can be try to be a little too clever yeah exactly right yeah yeah Yeah.
0: (laughs) glad it's not just me
1: (laughs) no not at all okay you grew up you're you said you're growing up in cornwall you said correct Yep. yep was there a lot of music in the house what were your parents listening to and what were you listening to as a child
0: Oh, yes, that that I was surrounded by all kinds of music, really. My mum was quite a promising piano player as a child, but gave it up because she had a teacher from the slap across the knuckles with a ruler when you make a mistake school. My dad was actually self-taught on the tuba, of all things. Hi. Two older brothers, one plays trombone predominantly and the other one trumpet and flugel. My mum was a big Cliff Richard fan. It seems, listening to previous episodes, it seems everybody from the UK is saying their mum was a big Cliff Richard fan, but mine was. I still get to the Cliff Richard calendar every year for Christmas. I love that. (laughs) I love that
1: so much. That is such a great (laughs) statement. Thank you. I I, I love that. But Um, it's odd, right? Because when I had Terry Smith on, that's someone who never clicked in the US.
0: Yeah right? I guess maybe because the US had Elvis, perhaps. Maybe. And Cliff couldn't quite compete on the same level over there, perhaps. I'm Mm -hmm. not sure.
1: Yeah, that's interesting.
0: Yeah, then Dad, both my man and Dad liked 60s music in general. Classical as well. Bits of opera I grew up listening to on Dad's cassettes, though I had no idea what any of it meant because there wasn't a translation. Military music as well. He liked his brass bands, marching bands, that type of thing. Then I had my older brothers who, with their instruments, they were in the county youth orchestra, so I got dragged along to all those concerts, so that was classical again. But they were also in a jazz band and a blues band. And then they'd be belting out from their room, Pet Shop Boys, White Snake, Michael Jackson. So I just grew up with everything, really, and accepting everything as music. It was news to me to get to school and discover I wasn't supposed to like or understand half of it, because I still can't understand why. Yeah. So, so yeah, I I grew up with all that which I enjoyed, and then I added eighties, nineties mm-hmm. stuff to it as I got older as well. And show tunes—I used to love singing songs from musicals in my bedroom.
1: Did Claire? Did you feel a pressure to play a musical instrument, or was it something you were drawn to anyway? It's in your genes.
0: It was encouraged, but I wouldn't say I felt a pressure. And it was always strings that I was drawn to rather than brass, which my brothers had played. So although the support and the encouragement was very much there, I never felt pressured. Once I took up the instrument, yes, it was a case of you practice to do this properly or you don't do it at all. But I didn't feel a pressure as such, no, but certainly support and encouragement. Because as I say, my dad was self-taught on his instrument and his tuba belonged to the town band, which meant that he could only really play with them. So Mm -hmm. he always found that his children would have the opportunity to learn properly and have their own instruments. So we were free to play where we chose.
1: Why do you think the strings spoke to you?
0: There was possibly an element growing up with two older brothers, especially in a small place like Cornwall in music. There's inevitably comparisons because even though there's a 10 and 8 year age gap between me and them, it was still the same teachers around all the time. So I think there was, it was partly that I just didn't want to take up their instruments and risk being not quite as good as them. But there was always something about the strings that just drew me. I me, mean, mum and dad will tell you I was first really hooked when the leader of the Cornwall Youth Orchestra played Flight of the Bumblebee as the solo. They recall me sat there being just absolutely mesmerised by the bow. But they do say that stringed instruments are the ones that sound most like the human voice. So I am wondering if that was really what drew me to wow. them as well. So I've never been brilliant with very loud noise and brass does get very loud on occasions.
1: What string instruments do you play?
0: Viola is my first instrument. I also play violin, um, ukulele, bandolali, mandolin, and then non-stringed instruments. I sing and I play piano. I've also just started learning the guitar and the harmonica.
1: Way to be ambitious, yeah. (laughs) Is there, like the viola and the violin, is there a lot of difference in playing one or the other?
0: If you want to play the viola properly, there definitely is. The viola is is not a standardized size, but generally speaking, it is a lot bigger than a violin. And it's a much, much more physical instrument to play. So the way you use the bow and vibrato in the left hand and things like that, if you're going to get the best sound out of it, Is very different. I actually only really learned about that when I went to university because my teacher there was first and foremost a viola player, whereas in Cornwall, I'd been taught by a teacher who was a violinist first and foremost. Sure. Um, But unbeknownst to me, I'd already been playing the violin in that sort of more physical way. And playing the violin like a viola works, but playing the violin like uh, the viola like a violin just sounds rubbish, basically.
1: Is that, and I'm trying to throw trying to understand because i'm fascinated by this one like you could say once you learn how to play a six string guitar a 12 string guitar should be fairly easy right Mm. you're just going to do the same chords just you're holding down instead of three strings you're holding down six strings Mm. right but that isn't necessarily the case so same thing right like your fingering may be the same for a viola or a violin but that doesn't mean it's played the same is that what you're saying
0: yeah basically the the strings are slightly different as well the viola drops yeah. the violin's top string and adds another one a, one at the bottom instead oh okay i did um, not know that yeah the the viola is c g d a whereas the violin is g d a e um, okay so yeah principally yes yeah, it's, it's the same movement it's the same yeah same principle but if you really want to get the best sound In my ukulele group, one of the people I sit with is a superb mandolin player, and I've always liked the sound. And he had one he was looking to sell and very kindly let me pay an instalment so I could afford it. And I very naively thought it's the same tuning as a violin, so I should be able to pick that up quite easily. What I hadn't quite twigged, of course, is that the spacing of the notes is very different on a violin they're much much closer together so basically none of the fingering patterns I know from the violin helped me very much on the mandolin Mm -hmm. (laughs) and I'm still very much enjoying it.
1: Very nice. All right thank you for indulging me in a little musical instrument talk. I'm fascinated I I never took time to learn an instrument and that is and I realize it's not too late I'm only 64 but it is I do often think You know, when someone asked that question, what would you tell your 12 year old? And I said, listen to more Bruce Springsteen earlier. (laughs) And because when I was 12, I would have been around, would have been around 73, 74 and learn the guitar, just go and just do it. So as you're getting your teenager and you're finding your other music, can you remember when you first discovered Bruce and Mm -hmm. what about him spoke to you?
0: Bruce actually is really very recent. Okay. Um, Growing up, yes, I was vaguely aware of the Born to Run, born in the USA on the radio, but I never listened to them properly. But it was only very recently. Ian Braseby, who you've had on your podcast before, I met him via the virtual tours that he used to, he does. He first did them on a site called Hago and he quickly became one of my favourite guides on there. When he was coming to Cardiff to do a tour, I offered him use of my visitor's permit to park outside my flat. He came down and I met him and his wife and it was one of those really rare moments where people just totally click. In the space of less than a year, the three of us have become really close friends. Um, Isn't
1: that just on a tangent from isn't that just wonderful when that happens it just it just seems almost mystical Hmm. that you're like yes so please continue
0: yeah no the amount the three of us have in common between us is really quite ridiculous i'm beginning to wonder if we were like brother and sister in a past life or something but no so ian went he went to the edinburgh gig on the latest tour and also the birmingham one and after and after the birmingham tour he sent me a video he had made I lost my dad back at the end of March. He mm. had a particularly nasty form of bowel cancer. And he had sent me this video and said, I thought you might appreciate this. And it was the final encore, the acoustic version, just Bruce on his own, singing I'll See You In My Dreams. Sure. And I, I was touched that Ian had thought of me and I wanted to share in his interest, so I watched it right away. And then I dried my tears. Yeah. And listened to it again and again dried my tears. I was just completely blown away. So that was the start of it really. But say so that was really only a few months ago. But for about a week after that, I was just listening to him constantly on the point of obsession.
1: Claire, I lost my brother in February of this year. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Condolences for losing your father as well. Mm-hmm. And it was cancer. Knew it was happening. And and so in, he died in the middle of a – Bruce was in Dallas, Houston, Austin, and he died on that Monday. Dallas was February 10th, Friday, and he died on Monday, February 13th, and he was Houston February 14th. Mm-hmm. And I will tell you there were many tears on that I'll See You in mm-hmm. My Dreams And so I can absolutely imagine that is a road to Damascus moment, Mm -hmm. right? Like you, your heart is looking for a salve, a healing, and to hear this song that is so beautiful about death Mm -hmm. and remembrance and the future, even though we don't know what lights away for us in the future in our next lives we all hope that we will see him again Hmm. and to know that I'll see you in my dreams is just pretty powerful I can imagine you have this epiphany you have this (laughs) and this is that sounds so wonderful for Ian to think of you did you just go then a deep dive
0: pretty much yeah to start with I just because I'm, I've got a subscription to YouTube Music, so I just bunged everything into one massive playlist and put it right. on shuffle. Then a couple of weeks later, he said, "Well, really, you should listen to the albums properly in order because each one has got a specific theme." Yeah, so I've just finished doing that, but it, like, it was hard to describe. It's growing up and being a teenager again simultaneously. Um, I don't know if it's possible to fall in love with music, but it felt like that too. And it definitely was the music, not just a crush on Bruce. I think I've probably got a crush on him now, but I didn't at that point. I was just... Who does it? But yeah, I mean, it. And I don't know what about it it is that really speaks to me. Because I was looking at the lyrics going, I shouldn't be able to identify this. There's nothing here I can relate to, but yet somehow I do. And I think I get the... Ian said to me a while ago, he's for the misfits, the people who don't fit in anywhere else. And that's what I've been my whole life really I've another recent discovery for me is that I'm autistic so I've always had this sense of being different never quite fitting in always being slightly on the outside of any group and Bruce just seems to speak to people like that I was really moved to Springsteen on Broadway is one of my favourite shows both to watch and to listen to and at the end where he's talking about how he sees music as being his service to people Giving the giving us something for the good times and the bad times, and it's telling his story, but also hoping that he can become part of a bigger story for everybody else. Just the man and the music are incredible, really.
1: What I find lovely is there's that great Blind by the Light movie,
0: right? Yeah, I love that one. Yeah,
1: where the dad says at the end, "No, I think this man is Pakistani," right? (laughs) So I just recently and as in yesterday a tv critic i really liked recommended reservation dogs a series on hulu that is a basic and i'm only two episodes in but it's basically four teenagers in a reservation in oklahoma Hmm. so they are native americans they are living in a reservation in oklahoma and i'm like whether it's new jersey whether it's a small town in louisiana whether it's cornwall right mm-hmm. i got i got to get out of here while i can right it's while we're still young we all have that yearning to to born to run or <laughs> the idea it's a town full of losers <laughs> john stewart once said when he was introducing Bruce he said that when you listen to Bruce Springsteen music you're not a loser from Jersey anymore you are a loser from Jersey that's on an epic tale, <laughs> yeah. right yeah. and I certainly would not say any of us are losers because I believe all of us have value but I get that feeling right like I'm yeah. not important and I'm sure there's other musicians that have that universal appeal But it does seem Bruce has that something that his story becomes our story. Hmm. You are a very talented musician. So (laughs) talk to me. Not as a fan, but as a musician, your thoughts on Bruce's music. It it sounds like his lyrics have spoke to you. The music has Hmm. spoke to you. But talk to me if you can intellectually of how you would say this man does from someone from that almost clinical approach.
0: The first thing to say is that, and I, and this isn't false modesty. It's the truth. Bruce and every member of the e street band is a better musician than I am. I believe that most sincerely. I'm fine. If, if you stick me in an orchestra and put some dots in front of me, I'm fine, but I could not do what they do and as well as they do i haven't really been able to listen that clinically so far to be honest it's very much just occupying the emotional part and and i think that's fair you know
1: yeah that no that's a good answer i understand (laughs) that in fact i think that even speaks more to the power of the music is that you you haven't been able to separate the emotion Mm. and the feeling of that
0: yeah And I'm not sure I want to either, to be honest.
1: Yeah, I get that. I've had, I've listened to different podcasts where writers, TV writers will talk about that. They can't, if they write dramas, they can't watch other dramas because Mm -hmm. they can't stop themselves from, Oh, this is where I would have done the ad break, or here's what I would have done. And so they end up watching comedies or Mm -hmm. if you're a comedian watching a tv show they will say i have to watch reality shows because i i I find myself second guessing uh you've got you've just been able to just enjoy the ride yeah um
0: because growing up particularly with classical because i did a music degree okay yes i love classical and i do get lost in it but there's always an element there of thinking about the techniques involved, admiring the player, wishing I could be as good as them. That just doesn't happen with Bruce because it's completely different. So I'm able to just indulge in it and enjoy it.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, uh, I could see that. Was there, I want to go back for a minute. Was there, were you, did you know you wanted to study music at university?
0: Yes, from a very young age. I did briefly want to be a vet when I was very young, but I would never have been strong enough on the maths and science or emotionally tough enough for it. But yeah, I always knew that music was what I wanted to pursue. And although I haven't managed to make a sort of full-time paid career from it, I still do an awful lot of playing. And I've recently started giving talks on classical music on the Restless website as well, which I'm very much enjoying.
1: Uh And so early into this let me go back for a minute if you weren't a bruce fan Mm -hmm. was there pop music was there modern music that spoke to you a lot and what were you listening um, to before
0: before the closest to bruce before i discovered bruce was probably meatloaf okay sure i could see Um, that yeah i don't think he quite has bruce's sort of raw sincerity somehow And I didn't Mm -hmm. relate to him quite as closely as I've been able to click with Bruce. But again, that sort of storytelling element, the idea of needing to escape and an individual almost against the world a lot of the time. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah. Um,
0: So he was probably the main equivalent to Bruce that I used to listen to. But to be honest, I would pretty much listen to most things. The only music I don't really like is rap and sort of very electronic dance music. I just find that relentless beat yeah Yeah. it's physically uncomfortable Mm -hmm. and i've got no time for people who mime or use auto-tune to me that's akin to an athlete taking steroids
1: (laughs) okay i could see that
0: yeah the
1: so early in this journey are there albums or songs that that have spoken to you that you find especially touching or yes speak to you
0: Yeah, quite a few, actually. I'll See You In My Dreams is obviously a biggie, because that was the first. Thunder Road. I don't know why I'm drawn to it so much, but I absolutely love that one. And The River as well. Um, Tunnel of Love, Brilliant Disguise. That one really speaks to me because of the whole autism thing, putting a mask on in order to try and blend in with everybody else. The Blinded by the Light soundtrack, I'll Stand By You Always. That one's gorgeous.
1: Yeah, I, I love that song, and I love the idea that Bruce is like, "Hey, the kids are reading Harry Potter. I wrote this song. Do you guys want to use it?" And then, you know, they're all like, "How do we shoehorn a Bruce Springsteen song?" And they're just and and I applaud them for being true to the art, because mm-hmm. I would have been like, "Okay, I'm figuring. We're figuring out a way to do this somehow, right?" Yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah, and I, I've recently been listening to the tracks album. Okay, um, sure. Hearts, sure. Of Stone made me, Hearts of Stone, maybe Hearts of Stone, maybe cry on the bus the other day. So not one to listen to in public at the minute. Um, yeah, and I also yeah. love Janie. Don't you lose heart? And that's a very uplifting one. I find, um, yeah. and one that yeah. has really blown me away. Particularly, I think the live version, live from Madison Square Gardens, more so than the High Hopes album version, mm-hmm. is American Skin. Yeah, I heard that and just went yeah, yeah
2: that
1: it, really, it, it, it really is a i think a really strong about the violence and the afraid of going mm-hmm. on i yeah i totally agree with you just really well done
0: now and, and, i can't re- Just the sheer range of style sorry the sheer yeah, range of yeah. styles that bruce is able to cover listening to the rising album I actually got my phone out and checked that I hadn't accidentally flipped onto something else. Cause it just did not to me sound like him, but it was yeah, still absolutely yeah. amazing.
1: Yeah. One of the things I admire about him is I feel like he's always, he's continued to push himself hmm. both artistically and also to have fun. I know a few people like, why did he do a covers album? We don't need an album of him doing these soul songs. He did it because he wanted to. And it yeah. was fun. Yeah. And by the way, I listened to, I just had to do a trip back home to Louisiana. And I made a point of putting that on and listening it through it straight through. Because people were saying, I listened to it one time, never listened to it again. And I went, this was fun. It doesn't have yeah, the like emotional it. attitude of the stuff he wrote. But mm-hmm. yeah, it was fun. Yeah, um, and he does them well. Yeah. So, remind me, Claire, have you been able to see him live?
0: I haven't yet. Normally, I tend to avoid big stadium things because I'm just not good with crowds and stuff. Right. But Bruce is one artist I do really hope I can see live one day. I've absolutely loved the live videos and recordings that I've seen and listened yeah. to. I think he's superb live.
1: Yeah. What's next in the Springsteen journey, do you think?
0: At the moment, I'm not sure. I think just getting to know, really getting to know the repertoire even more than I do. Um, I up seeing Ian in a couple of weeks and I understand he's popped some things onto a memory stick for me, so I'm very much looking forward to discovering <laughs> those. Um, That's fine. But yeah. yeah, I've heard a lot of people debating about the set list on his latest tour and that it's yeah. too fixed and very... It's like, for goodness sake, he's a, a human being, not a jukebox.
1: Yeah. And I do think that there was a wonderful, and I had him on the thing podcast where Mike looked at the history of tours and it was only the past couple of tours where there was a lot more flexibility. And he Mm -hmm. thinks his point was, I think fans are having amnesia. They're not remembering the darkness tour or the rising tour or the that there were more it, that he's done this before
0: let's not forget as well he's just turned 74 yes and he's still he doing two three-hour shows
1: yes they are running right yeah. at three hours yeah,
0: yeah. And, and also yeah. just physically the voice changes with age
1: it's, it's perfect
0: yeah it's perfectly natural that there are some songs which he finds a bit tougher to sing these days
1: yeah so I, i'm curious you're talking about you, you want to go for a deeper dive and doing in this. I love the idea that we. F- Bruce comes to us when we need him, hmm. right? And so this friendship with Ian and other things. Are there other songs or albums that, has there been anything yet that you go, that quite didn't click for me?
0: Not really, there are songs I like slightly less than others, maybe, sure, but to me, they've still all been all been great songs. I've really enjoyed as well listening to the acoustic versions. the fact that these songs stand so well both with the band and acoustically. Yes, it's yeah. a completely different impact, but yeah. they're still absolutely superb. It's a real testament to Bruce's songwriting.
1: I have to ask have you tried playing a couple of Bruce songs on
0: your instruments? We actually have a song in our in the songbook for my ukulele group. Yes. And um, we've got working on a dream which oh. I've been trying to we've been trying I've been trying to persuade everybody to have a go at but I seem to be the only one who knows it. Um, yeah. I've done pay me my money down on the ukulele as well that's a nice one. I do want to do more but part of me feels it's sac-
1: <laughs> not at all. Not at all. I if you not for the podcast, I won't embarrass you that way, but if you want to send me a, a video or an audio of you doing pay me my money down in the ukulele, I'd love it. Yeah, I I love that song. I, I yeah. love that song so much. The story behind that is my son had gotten had graduated college, had gotten his first real job at a company I was working for and and he was up for his first annual review and he was talking about dad I'm can I talk to my dad or can I talk to the director I said you can talk to my dad he goes you can talk to me as a dad he says as a dad I know I've worked my ass off I'm ready for more money I was like okay and so I sent him Bruce singing pay me (laughs) pay me my money down and to this day anytime there's like when he gets a bonus every quarter he sends a link to bruce right before he's going to get the bonus (laughs) so that's been our kind of thought yeah talk what have i not asked you that i should have claire what are some thoughts because i feel like we've really covered the start of this journey
0: that's the mary question obviously absolutely (laughs) yes yeah, but no, this is all just, it's quite surreal at the moment, because studying, I don't know how the heck I've missed Bruce Springsteen in the 41 years I've been on this planet until now. Um, it's, and, be, and being on a podcast about him is certainly something I never thought I'd be doing. That is funny that <laughs> I've done that a couple of times. I did
1: not, to go back to what we were talking about at the beginning, I did not discover Doctor Who... Till right before Matt Smith was going to become the doctor, a buddy of mine, someone recommended Torchwood and I watched Torchwood first and I really enjoyed Torchwood. And so I asked my buddy, I said, I really like Captain Jack. Is there episodes? I said, I understand he guest stars in a couple of Doctor Who episodes, Can you, what episodes are those so I can watch those? Mm. And he says, just easier here, let me give you. So he sent me the Eccleston, you know, episode season. And it was on a Christmas back then and everyone else had gone to bed. So I put in the DVD and started watching it. And I had loved Star Trek and Star Wars. And I I had been a huge science fiction nerd my whole life. And I went, how have I ignored Doctor Who all this time, <laughs> right? So I guess that's a yeah. similar feeling for you. Like I've been all over pop music and I, I like yes. meatloaf and yes. this other things. How? Because it isn't like it's an obscure band, well, right? That- like I have one of my best, one of my favorite musicians and we actually became good friends is a, a lady named Sarah Hickman. Mm. And she's done a dozen albums she's now she's she was the official texas music, musician a few years ago but she's never been big so i can understand someone oh i've never heard of sarah's music Bruce? <laughs> that is funny isn't it you're yeah. like wow uh yeah. it's
0: mm-hmm. like i know bach and mozart and beethoven but yes. i somehow missed this huge artist from my own time
1: <laughs> yeah i i yeah i'm great so what I'd like to do is, I'm going to ask you a very question, but Claire, let's set up, let's maybe reach back in six, nine months, and let's have you back on and talk about where your journey's gone since then. Okay? Okay. Maybe <laughs> some more songs, some other thoughts. That, that'd that be a lot of fun. Yeah. So. This has been so much fun. I am so happy we got to spend time together. You're a joy. I could see why Ian and his lovely bride think the world of you. Our Jay Armstrong is an honors English teacher who's now retired. But when he was teaching, he would give his class the lyrics to Thunder Road, and they would discuss it as if it was a poem. They would go through all the lyrics, they would talk about the themes, the word choices. And then at the end of the session, he would ask his class, does Mary get in the car? Claire, that is your question. And you've talked about how much Thunder Road is meant to you. Yeah. So I'm curious, um, does Mary get in the car at the end of Thunder Road?
0: I have two answers to this.
1: Good. I love two answers.
0: In the original album version, no. Okay. In the acoustic version, yes. Ah, explain. Tell me more. <laughs> I think... It's important to say we never actually hear Mary's perspective on this. That story. is correct. But I think in the original album version, the first thing to say is "You're not a beauty, but hey, you're all right." Is maybe not the world's best pickup line.
1: Absolutely.
0: <laughs> and I keep and I keep feeling that line probably ought to bother me more than it does, but it doesn't. <laughs> but I think in the album version, he or the original version, I should say, he comes across more with a bit of bravado. Okay. And it's all stuff that she's heard this all before. Yeah. And he's really a bit full of himself, to be honest. Whereas sure. in the acoustic version, the same words to me come across much differently. He seems to be just that little bit more geeky and awkward, perhaps a bit different from the other boys she's wanted who've wanted her to go with them. I did not actually notice this, it's a change of word. In on Born to Run, it's ghosts of boys. Whereas on the live from Broadway, it's men. And Mm -hmm. I don't know whether Bruce just made a mistake there or whether that's been a deliberate change. Okay. But I just think Mary, I I say I'm putting emotions onto her because we don't hear her perspective. But she reminds me a bit of me when I was leaving Cornwall for university that she wants to go and to an extent probably needs to go. But I think she's afraid. She's afraid to leave the safety of her home. So having this bloke turn up full of bravado, and and, and he's pretty explicit about what he's expecting from her. Um, yeah. If anything, it's probably going to scare her off. Whereas okay. the slightly gentler approach as it comes over in the acoustic version, I think okay. maybe she might see someone here she can belong with and be happy with.
1: I find that interesting because another guest did the absolute opposite
0: Oh,
1: he said that when it's the full E Street band, she absolutely gets in the car because it ends triumphant. The the music, the band, they're like, and we're pulling out of here to win Hmm. acoustically. He's sad. And they said that he absolutely is driving off by himself because she said no.
0: Yeah. Okay. I suppose I was thinking that maybe the ending of the story isn't betrayed in the song at all. So in the born to run version with the E streets, that triumphant ending could be before she's actually responded to him. I guess that's probably the way I was thinking about yeah. it, but it that makes a lot of sense actually reversing it as well.
1: Yeah, I did. I think your version is great too. So for what it's worth, um, because we get this fairly often from guests who say um that the line you ain't a beauty but hey you're all right and i totally get that's my wife says no he called her ugly she's not getting in the car whatsoever is i always take this to mean that she is the one that has always talked bad about herself and so he's addressing that he is a- acknowledging that hey I know you ain't a beauty but hey you're all right because she keeps saying I'm just not that beautiful I'm not that interesting I'm not that that's where I go from it not sure it's true but that helps me a little bit understand that it's Uh, a good way of
0: thinking about it because from from what little I know of Bruce so far from listening to his music and his book and hearing him speak yeah I don't think he's like that I don't think he would ever address a woman In that way, and it is, and I I don't think it's him just being the character because I always feel that it is very much him in his lyrics.
1: Yeah, I do think that's interesting. I don't know if you've ever explored Jason Isbell, who is a okay. Jason said one of the, (laughs) he said when you're a songwriter, everyone thinks the song. Is about you, and sometimes <laughs> I'm just telling a story.
0: <laughs> That's a fair point. That's a fair point. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, it's
1: a- hard to not to. So, Claire, are you in any social media whatsoever?
0: Yes, I've got my own Facebook group and okay. YouTube channel, um, which are both called Claire's Mixtape. That's Claire with an I and an E. Okay. Um, the Facebook group is for sort of general discussion about all kinds of music means. Okay everything the youtube channel at the moment at least is focusing on classical music because i set it up as a companion to the online talks i'm doing okay so it's trying to put some music out there and make it with the description and everything help it to be more accessible to people who don't think they understand it okay then i'm on the site formerly known as twitter x yes. um, which is claire with a capital c and again okay. an i and an e underscore okay. capital e for echo underscore capital s for sierra
1: awesome nice. and, and
0: then nice. i'm on threads which is all lowercase claire e sanderson
1: super if you will email me that i will oh, yeah. get that added all to the show notes this was a joy Thank you so much. I am so glad that Claire, that Ian mixed this set us up. This was just great.
0: It was my honor honor to speak to you. It's a great podcast.
1: That's very kind of you. I do the best I can. My guests are the ones who make it awesome. So good. (laughs) All right. For now, listeners go check out the Facebook page, go check out the YouTube channel, let her know some songs. She may want to spend some time reaching out. Right. And give her some different thoughts. But for now, be kind, be safe, and we'll talk to you soon. Goodbye. You just heard the fun talking, hard rocking, music loving, album ranking, fan thinking, joy spreading, lyric reading, story sharing podcast. That is the one, the only, said listening Bruce. The theme for Setless and Bruce was written by David Rosen, used by permission.
2: It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football.